Hello, hello, and welcome back to Martinis and Bikinis. I am your hostess, Veronica Julia, and today we have on the incredible Luca Ponce. So Luca is a DC resident, and he is an expert hairstylist and makeup artist in the area. He travels all over the world to do his craft, and on top of that, he is an extremely talented artist. Like I'm talking like insane paintings, just beautiful, beautiful work. He is an absolute creative and somebody that really inspires me. And he's really into the whole woo-woo energy, which we all know that I love. So buckle up for some great hair care tips, skin care, all the things. And of course, we had to add a little bit of that spirituality woo-woo energy. So stick around. This is going to be a great episode. And remember to like, rate, and share this podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to share it on Instagram and tag us at Martinis and Bikinis Pod and me at Veronica Julia. So enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome to Martinis and Bikinis, the podcast for everything under the sun. I am your hostess, Veronica Julia, and I am here to help you navigate your 20s through all things lifestyle, beauty, and fashion. So if you're ready, let's dive into today's episode. Hello. Hi, Luca. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's so funny to hear my voice like this in my ears. I know. <laughs> it's so funny because I've been listening to my voice so much lately. Yeah. I just absolutely hate the sound of my voice yeah. now. But I'm so excited to have a conversation with you because yeah. you are just a soothing person. Thank your you. voice, your ideologies. Everything about you is just so serene. So this is why I was just so absolutely pumped to have you on today. But Luca is like the king <laughs> of beauty and makeup and hair and all of the things. But he's also really just intuitive and spiritual and woo-woo, which Definitely. you guys know I love. Definitely woo-woo. Yeah. So we actually met. Through Instagram. We did. And many moons ago. Many moons ago. And the first time I met you, you actually did my hair at a studio in Arlington. Yes. And it was just like perfect for Instant connection. Oh my God. Seriously. We talked for like three hours. The fairies were with us. <laughs> they were. They were like floating around. It was just you and I. It was an evening and it's just like the high vibrations. Like we were sharing and we were talking and we were just like. <laughs> oh, oh yes. I loved it. it Very was, dust everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like it's really sometimes difficult to remember how you met people or like that yeah. first connection. And that is like such a core memory for me. Yeah. And even just the little conversations that we had like throughout, I was just so inspired by you and Aww. just like the way you look at life. And I feel as if we are very like-minded in that sense. I think so too. Yeah, just on a constant high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's been really fun, you know, especially being back in D.C. to like meet people like you. And like we were talking earlier about just following your feeling. And relationships are so, so, so important to me. I mean, in my work, I'm with people every day. And I feel like a lot of the times my first instinct about a person is usually always right. So when I met you, 
I was like, ah, I got that feeling. And it's like a consistent feeling too. It's not just like a, oh, I felt good just in this moment. It's the over and over and over again feeling like, oh, this person is this person, if that makes sense. No, that's so sweet. And I feel the same way about you. Yeah. And we were just talking about this, but we went to get Blank Street Coffee after Barry's workout maybe a few months ago. And we just had the most (laughs) deep life conversation. And we were the only people in this coffee shop. Yeah. And the marketing director or someone, he was really sweet. He He looks over at us and he says, I just want to compliment you guys on this conversation. It's been a while since I've heard somebody have like a really just non-surface level conversation like this, like open conversation with a friend. I don't know about you, but that was so flattering to hear because I feel like now with social media and just so much overexposure to like people's personalities or the way that they look, et cetera, Mm -hmm. it's really rare to actually get complimented on a conversation that you're having with somebody. Totally. So that was really cool. It's really cool. Yeah, and he was a little cutie too. So <laughs> that that certainly helped the situation. You're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but before we get into just all of the combo, I want to take a walk down memory lane. So okay. tell us a little bit more about Luca from the beginning. Oh gosh, which one? Which version? <laughs> Who? Are, which one are we talking about? Um, I was born and raised in North Carolina by a family of really, really highly creative people, entrepreneurs, artists, creators. And I think I'm also first-generation American. My mom's from Chile. My dad's from Venezuela. So I had just a really interesting upbringing in the sense that I was surrounded by community and warmth with my family growing up. And then I also was surrounded by art and uh, specifically music. I didn't personally kind of gravitate towards that. I sang a little bit when I was younger and that was fun. I still doing this today. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, we'll have a little performance at the end. Yeah. Why not? But yeah. So I think that really shaped me and it also allowed me to be really in touch with feeling free to express myself and however that might have felt throughout my teens and my twenties. And especially within being a queer Latinx person, it's just, I felt very liberated from the beginning of my adult journey to really take risks and do what I felt was good for me, try different things on, wear different hats. And so that's what has brought me to 30, I guess. I love that for you. Yeah. You're just so multi-talented. You're an artist, a very talented artist. Thank you. And you obviously are just an expert in everything, hair, beauty, (laughs) fashion. Thank you. You should see his outfit right now. So anybody who (laughs) is tuning in via video. I love it. You got to see it. It's wonderful. I was so shy when I was younger. And I think I gravitated naturally towards actually doing hair just because I've always kind of worked with my hands. I've always connected with that. But I think the growth part for me and like the challenge was to actually break out of my shyness and break into like... Who am I going to be for these clients? How will I be in service to them? How can I like make people feel safe and comfortable? And that was a long process. I mean, it wasn't till maybe, I don't know, when I moved back to DC where I felt really in my power and knew what I was there to do and felt really connected to the work. So that's how it started. Yeah, that's great. I feel as if when you're a hairstylist, 
you have to really be a little bit more extroverted, right? Because you're sure. having to connect oh with your clients. Mm-hmm. And I always hear that hairstylists know everybody's secrets. <laughs> <laughs> because even for it's me, when I'm getting my hair done, I just feel this massive need to like trauma dump. <laughs> I love it. I don't know if anybody can relate, but I think that you are just so talented with everything that you do. And I know that you're in your coaching certification right yeah. now. So how does that feel? How's it going so far? It feels really good. It's just kind of like how the evolution of my career has like come to where it's at now. I've done a lot of work in trying to understand how I want to help people and like knowing what people find really valuable in like the experiences and the containers that I provide clients and with whatever I do, whether it's on set or whether it's in my studio. And what I feel most gravitated towards right now is just trying to develop more communications tools and like things that will help me kind of, I guess, just like take on the reins of being fully confident in understanding what my power is and being a better listener, a better communicator, being able to help people and guide them through their life because we all have challenges. We all have things we want out of life, whether they're big or small. So I think that's kind of my motivation in doing that certification right now. Yeah. So walk us through what you'd be doing. Are you coaching stylists how to become stylists themselves? Or are you coaching stylists currently and yeah. kind of helping them fine-tune their their tips and tricks or honestly I think their specialties. Like, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, you know? you're still figuring it out. Yeah. And I I kind of love that process. I think a huge part of like being a professional is especially in the beauty industry, it's like, you know, I'm I feel really confident in my ability to provide whatever people feel like they need and to have the right questions and to be on and to like really be 100%. And I love moving into this certification process because I'm like, I'm a student all over again. And I have that feeling of like how I felt when I first started doing hair. Like I'm like kind of anxious about it, but like in kind of a healthy way, like it's like, I don't know what this is going to be or how it's supposed to manifest in my future. I'm just following the feeling of I feel connected to this work. And that's really what's all that matters to me right now. And Mm -hmm. as time goes and as I continue to participate in different things and to continue to build community and relationships, I will figure that out. But I'm kind of fully just leaning on my trust and faith that what I'm starting is for me and it's meant for me. And I'm that's just what I'm doing. I love that. That's really good advice for anybody that's embarking on a new career path or journey or trying to sharpen their skills and do something even bigger. But it was so funny, guys. I was at Mm -hmm. DC Swim Week, and Luca was so sweet. He did my hair and my makeup for it, and he ended up coming to the show. So I was upstairs, stressed out, freaking out. (laughs) I'd been running around all day. I probably sweat off my makeup. He comes with a little bag full of little makeup. My touch-up kit. Touch-up, yeah. What's the word? (laughs) Set bag, whatever. Yeah, full of touch-up makeup. And he just starts blotting me, putting powder on me, blush, just hairspraying my hair. Everybody was cracking up. I love it. It was the cutest thing ever. And just, you're so thoughtful. And I think with your talent and your process— 
your thoughtfulness never strays away. It's like a really big part of you. Yeah, I so. think. I, yeah, thank you for saying that because it's it's something that I've really had to work at. I think I was just texting a friend of mine, and what I understand to be true about my life now is that the most important thing in my life is the people I invest in and how I want to make people feel and how I want people to make me feel, if that makes sense. Not make them, but, you know. it does. I think sometimes people are so consumed with how they're making other people feel. Sure. But in reality, we should be taking into consideration how those people make us feel. Absolutely. And that's been a journey. Like, in my earlier 20s, I lived in New York for five years, and I never went to, like, college or anything like that. And I always tell people, like, New York was my school of life. That was my master's degree. Because <laughs> I went there with literally $800 in my pocket, wow. no friends, no family. And I just literally hit the ground running. And I learned so much about what I wanted out of my friendships, out of my relationships, how I wanted those things to feel I love the word texture when it comes to relationships just because it's like everyone is so different. And that's like part of the reason why I think I also love my work as a hairstylist because not one person is the same. Mm -hmm. And I treat everyone as their own individual. And um, it's important for me to do that Yeah, um, just in general. I think with any business and any business owner, it's important to do that with any clientele. Totally. It's so important to be just customized to people's needs and their wants. And as somebody that works with influencers, content creators, business owners, sure, everybody has a different story. And yeah. I have to cater to what they need in that given moment. Totally. And I think it's probably really cool to hear so many different people's stories and have them trauma dump on you yeah. <laughs> and all the things. Yeah, I'm happy. I don't know. That's something else I've, I feel like I've, it's, been work to develop just the ability to hold space for people. You never know where people are at. And I think my priority always is just to make people feel absolutely and unconditionally safe Mm -hmm. if they're around me. And so it's like, I, I love carrying those things. I love being able to provide that space for people. I think it's so important. And so many people don't have that as a baseline in their life. Right. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that you spent so much time in New York because whenever I think of New York, I think, oh, you get chewed up and spit out. Yeah. So not feeling very safe, right? I love it, yeah. So I think that's important that you have instilled that into your character and have made that a part of your business and your brand and the people that you surround yourself with because totally, just from my experiences in New York, Yeah. I haven't felt very safe. So I think with those experiences that you had, that's like a really interesting take, just like coming back to DC and, you know, having that be a part of you, which is really awesome. I think it's like the me part, right? Because I think naturally, like, I and I get this from my family, like being Latin American and my mom being a business owner and entrepreneur. And I, I think mostly about my mom she's such a giver. A lot of the women in my family are like, they will give and give and give. So I think I took that on like maybe on a subconscious level because that's, I do find joy in providing people whatever it is that I can give them. But I think New York really reoriented that, that givingness, that the capacity to give 
with prioritizing myself first. Mm -hmm. When you go into New York as this like, I want to give to everybody and I want to say yes to everything, it really knocks you down really fast and people will take. So I think experience after experience, it allowed me to kind of fully be in my awareness of like, okay, well, I keep seeing the same thing happen over and over again. Like, I can't blame my circumstances. I have to look inward and just really like, ask myself, why? How do I reorient that? Yeah. Do you feel like living there was a really important part of your self-discovery? I always hear about people feeling really lonely in the city and having those moments of lonesome is really important for their self-growth. Yeah. And I've read like so many books and (laughs) podcasts from entrepreneurs that have lived in the city and went there on their own and kind of similar to what you do or what Mm -hmm. you did. And... Yeah, I'm always really curious about that because I think it's for some people and it's not for others. Yeah. I mean, I think, of course, it is everything that people say it is. For a long time, I mean, three out of the five years, I didn't have any community. And I was really focused on my career. And I think it just allowed me to break through all the parts of myself that didn't know who I was and who I wanted to be, who I wanted to surround myself with. It was like pure experimentation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, of course, I experienced a lot of isolation and loneliness, but it made me realize it amplified the fact that like, oh, actually, I do need people. Like, I can't do this alone. I think that in and of itself and like me being in my spiritual practice and really calling forth people into my life, I found that eventually. And when I found it, it made it even more valuable because I had to really work hard to relinquish parts of myself that weren't serving me. And I had to learn those lessons over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Did you start in D.C. and then move to New York and then come back here? Or what did that timeline look like? (laughs) Woo, girl. Uh, My 20s were a whirlwind. Ooh, tell us more. So I moved to D.C. when I was 20. I met the manager of the owner of a salon that used to be called Ian McCabe Studio on 23rd and M here. I did all of my training there. And then it's so funny, like right before I, I was there for about, a little over a year and a half, like a year and eight months. Right before they gave me a chair to start working full-time, I just was like, I actually don't want to do that. I want to go to Europe. (laughs) Like, I want to travel the world. I want to like... I love that. I don't know. That was just like my priority. And I, I never really liked points in my life where I felt like I could see the end of the road. I don't know if that makes sense, but like I could see myself busting ass you know, at a salon, having the clientele. But then that was like it, Mm -hmm. you know? like That was like the end goal. And like, I was like, but I don't want to get there yet. And it was a a sure fact. I would have been busy. I would have gotten all the clients and did it all. And I was just like, no, like I want to not work. I want to enjoy life. And to me in that moment, that felt like Europe. So I, I traveled around for several months by myself, and went to every place I could until I ran out of money. And then when I came back to the States after my travels, I was like, I went back to my parents' house and it took me about a month to realize I can't be in North Carolina anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. Like life just presents this incredible gift of 
being able to feel what it's like to just be so incredibly free on your own, letting life just take you to all these beautiful places in Europe. And then you come back and you're like, I'm really underwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. You know? So literally a month later, an old acupuncturist of mine sends me a text message and she goes, I just divorced my husband of 25 years and I'm closing down my acupuncturist practice and I'm moving back to New York. If you want a place to crash ever, just let me know if you're interested in moving. And so I was like, whoa, sign from the universe. Absolutely. I actually do want to live in New York. I want to move there. So I took her up on the offer and I literally landed maybe a month after that. We like talked about it and silly old me didn't ask how much time I had till I had to leave. So I get there and the first thing she says is, it's great to have you. You have two weeks to find a job and to find an apartment. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) But yeah, and then I guess that the rest is history at that point. I mean, I, there was not another option. I wanted, my priority was being in New York. So I found a job. I worked at another salon over in meatpacking for about a month and I hated it and I quit. And then that's when my freelance career started taking off. I started finding random jobs. And at the time my rent was like, I don't know, $650 a month and I didn't have any other expenses. So I was just like, all right, let me just figure out what I need to do for that. And like, if I make the 650, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Didn't you work for Glam Squad for a bit? Yeah. You know, I love Glam Squad. I'm really great. I'm honestly, I don't, I've not done that in a long, 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 long time. But that was such an incredible opportunity. Although I feel like, and maybe, I don't know if I need to be saying all this, but whatever. No, speak your truth. I think that artists should be paid so much more all the time, especially living in New York. I mean, it's, it's such a crazy place to live. And Although I'm grateful for that opportunity, it helped me be able to have what I need to get to where I am now in terms of my freelance career. It gave me a cushion that allowed me the flexibility in my schedule to be able to take on jobs when I, like, because in New York, you freelance, you don't know when opportunities are going to come. And sometimes it's like literally the night before where they're confirming a job for you. So it was really awesome. Two hours before, right? Exactly. I think that's the minimum, which is nuts. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It it just has always been that way. It still is. Like, I mean, I still go up to New York about once a month, maybe every other month. I'm leaving on Friday. Do a job with Lululemon. Stop. (laughs) That is so cool. It's very exciting. Can you talk about it? Yeah. So a really good friend of mine, she works for headquarters and she got me on the job and I'm like, Elated. I'm like, Let's this is going to be. go, Luca. And I get to work with my besties. So it's, it's really. Lulu, cool. Luca. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's like, as a freelancer, you start just taking anything. You have to test a lot, which just essentially means like you're collaborating with photographers and other artists to produce work for your portfolio. And then that work is what gets you new work, right. which is a lot of free stuff. So, It's just an interesting process, Mm -hmm. being a creative. Yeah. I love that you just created your own path. Yeah. And I really admire people that don't just grasp at security and stability and they go for the risky 
avenues towards life. Yeah. Because that's when the best things happen. I think so. I think I've been really, I guess, lucky, blessed. I don't know. Because I I felt like I could always put myself like in my other self's shoes Mm -hmm. that chose something that wasn't aligned to my heart. Right. And that scared me more than choosing the hard parts of what I, I did, I guess. Sometimes I don't think it's luck. And just from my personal experiences, I think developing relationships with people and helping each other out and supporting one another is the only thing that has gotten me to where I am. Obviously, a lot of like hard work and determination too, but I think my connections and relationships with people have really, really just helped me accelerate my process as a businesswoman. And it's, again, from a genuine place. I think you have to be authentic. If you are going about it in like a social climby way, that's going to come across from the get-go. A thousand percent. I mean, it's all about feeling. And I think everything that you do, everything that you put out into the world as a business owner or whatever, like if you're representing yourself, it's so important to just think about your why and like where you're coming from. I want to talk about acupuncture. Okay. So you had an acupuncturist that you moved into New York with. Yeah. Tell me what that's like. I've, I've done it one time. I haven't actually done pure acupuncture. I've done acupressure with yeah. ear seeds and things like that. Yeah. Do you do that pretty consistently or is that something you've done in the past? What does that look like? I've consistently done it over... I mean, I think since I met my first acupuncturist, she was a client of mine in Raleigh when I worked there and she introduced me to it. And I just was really, even back then, like really moved by how much information she wanted to get from me before I even started. And the deal that we created was, because at the time I was like super broke, she was like, I feel like you would really like this. I want to give this to you and I'm going to give it to you for free But the only condition is that you have to be seeing a therapist in conjunction to this work. So I'm really grateful for her because it was a really powerful sort of time where I kind of moved through a lot of like sticky stuff. And to be 17, 18 years old and, and working with the therapist at that point really started my healing journey super early on. But actually, acupuncture in and of itself, I'm a thinker. So I'm a Libra and, you know, I'm an air sign. So I'm like always kind of in my head and I'm like in the clouds sometimes and I'm a dreamer. And I think sometimes even through like meditation work and things that kind of calm me down, calm my mind down, going to an acupuncturist, it's like literally like you get transported into a a cloud and there are no thoughts. And so I kind of like, I really enjoy that because it's just, you know, 45 minutes of just turning my brain off completely. Right. And talking about woo-woo shit. Love it. (laughs) I love in those moments when I'm in the bed and like all the needles are in and I have my alone time because I don't have other noise. I start to kind of like practice sort of my, my affirmations and, Mm -hmm. you know, manifestations. Yeah. And like, even like sort of like dreaming, but more on a conscious level, like I am statements or like I can get rid of the noise and what maybe is subconscious or maybe not mine or what I'm carrying in the day. And then I can just really focus in on like, what do I want to be in this moment with? Yeah. So 
I have had these experiences during like massages and just body work in general. Mm-hmm. I will sometimes have like really weird flashbacks or core memories, like yeah. just kind of like come to focus, which is really interesting that maybe I've been just putting down and sure, maybe not trying to think about necessarily. Yeah. And I think our body stores so much energy and I'm sure that acupuncture is a really, really great way to kind of rid yourself of that negative energy. Yeah. But I've heard that there's so many different benefits with your skin, mobility, everything, health, yeah, and the different parts of your body that you do the acupuncture on. Right. It actually leads to a different outcome. So there's certain parts of your body that are going to help you with healthier skin. Totally. And things like that. I I never knew much about it, but acupuncturists go to school for the same time as doctors. Oh, a thousand percent. And what's funny is that my acupuncturist that I keep mentioning, she actually went to medical school first at Penn State. Wow. And then she like was like, this isn't giving me everything that I want in terms of my practice. So she went back to acupuncture school and got her whole thing. I don't even know what it is, but... She wanted to be able to utilize both. But what I've also loved about my understanding, limited understanding about acupuncture, is it's all about energy channels. Okay. There are like thousands and thousands. It like looks like rivers in your body of like these energy networks and channels that move up and down your body. And anything that manifests like sickness or aches, pains, like whatever, is just your body indicating that there is a stuck energy channel living in your body somewhere. Yeah. And so the acupuncturist can actually go and kind of read where that energy is stuck in your body and use the needles to release it. So it's really interesting because it's like this kind of sort of belief system that anything that you're holding onto emotionally or mentally, it builds up in your body and starts to create like sort of these stuck places. Yeah. I've had experiences like that with Reiki. Oh, yeah? I love Reiki. So if you guys don't know what Reiki is, it's basically another form of body work, but it's energy-focused, and it really focuses in on the chakras. Yeah. So I'd never done it before. I did it one time here in D.C., and it was a really life-changing experience. I need to do it again. But I love trying out all those different, like, wellness practices that— just cater to energy. And yeah. I think that's what we are. We're just walking energy. So we are definitely. I think whenever people say, oh, that's so woo woo, whatever, it's just science. That's how it is. It's yeah. not anything that hasn't been written down before. It's not this like crazy experimental thing. It's yeah. proven. It's matter of fact. Well, and I think it's just like, it's always been really important to me to just stay curious, right? Like if I'm interested in something, like I don't want to let other opinions or noise come in to like allow that to inform why or why not, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And I think there's people that just have certain biases and you have to do what's best for you. That's you know? right. If you feel better after a Reiki session or acupuncture, well then, hell yeah, that's great. You know, (laughs) totally. I sure as hell feel better. Yeah, but I think experimenting with those types of things is really—I get a lot of enjoyment from it. Sure. I know some people will say, "Oh, that's a waste" or whatever, but 
I think Chinese medicine and all of those things are just so interesting. I mean, I think they're just channels to express yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like healing or dance or anything that like you are actively choosing to participate in. They're just ways to like access a deeper version of yourself, like to awaken things. I mean, like just how you're saying, like sometimes you get these sort of things happen. Like our experiences inform like how things come up. Right. How we think about ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. You guys already know what I'm going to talk about. That's right. You guessed it. I'm talking about WellBell once again. And if you don't know what WellBell is, WellBell is the supreme hair, skin, and nail supplement. So I talk about it a little bit in this episode, but I struggled hard with my hair journey. And after years of not being able to grow it out, severe breakage, and just overall damage to my hair follicle, I found Bubba, which is the holy grail of hair, skin, and nail supplements. They have amazing ingredients like saw palmetto, horsetail, and just a little bit of biotin. For those of you that don't know, it's actually really rare to have a biotin deficiency, so they just put a little tiny bit of it, and it has absolutely changed my life. So if you are struggling with your hair journey, your hair growth, maybe finer hair, and you want it to be thicker and luscious and beautiful and shiny, I definitely recommend Wellbell. And they also have a men's line. So you can use my code Veronica10 for 10% off a single bottle. Veronica10 for 10% off a single bottle. Or you can get a subscription, which I highly recommend because consistency is key. And you can use code Veronica sub 10. That's Veronica SUB 10 for 10% off your subscription. Head to wellbell.com, W-E-L-L-B-E-L.com and use Veronica 10 or Veronica sub 10 for 10% off. I kind of want to pivot into hair care. Okay. (laughs) You know this about me. I went through a really just difficult hair journey. Mm -hmm. Whenever I was in high school, I dyed my hair every single color in the book. Yeah. I was a redhead at one point, which is surprising. And no, you guys looked really pretty though. I, with your skin and eyes. I beg to differ. (laughs) Maybe it was the right time. My eyes really popped. I actually have green eyes. Everybody always thinks I have blue, but whenever I had the red hair, it was like kind of like an auburny brown. Yeah. But everybody was always like, oh, your eyes are popping, but it did not look good on me. I'm way too pale. So, (laughs) Anyway, yeah. I was a redhead, and no, you guys are not sure. seeing pictures of that. I was a brunette. I literally put like pink strips in my hair. I yeah. was like such a hipster in high school, and nobody knows that about me. I love that. But I was like so just in tune with just trying different things, being creative, sure. expressionism, and all of that. But anyway, I absolutely destroyed my hair. I bleached it back blonde, and it took several times after red hair because this more than I do, but getting your hair from red to blonde is one of the most difficult things you can do because it just sticks with you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, after that, I just had a really poor diet and I wasn't exercising in college. I was a competitive volleyball player my whole life. And then I tore my ACL. Yeah. yeah. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my PCL, and my meniscus in high school. My junior (laughs) year. And I kind of was just burnt out after that. Sure. And whenever I got to college, I I didn't know how to move my body. I was going out, I was drinking, I was eating Chick-fil-A every two seconds. <laughs> and I was just in a really unhealthy state. So 
obviously the way that we fuel our bodies really contributes to the way that our skin looks and our hair grows. And it was so just absolutely over-processed. And I grew up in South Louisiana where everybody just wants to be as blonde as can be. So it wasn't growing and it was just not how I wanted it to be. And I struggled with that for years. It was thinning. I had patches of hair coming out. Yeah. It was like a really discouraging time because our hair is such a big part of our identity. It's on our face, honey. Yeah. (laughs) And I used to have really, really long, like thick hair. And I've talked about this very briefly, but never in this context, I think. Sure. So anyway, I came to DC and it was still in that state. But I got to the point where I just could not take it anymore. So I started fueling my body correctly. Yeah. Started exercising, moving my body again. I don't really like the term exercising. But I think movement is just an important thing to do. Yeah. It's just like a little 15-minute walk. Totally. Then I started taking these supplements called Wellbell. And I swear it absolutely changed my hair. But I want to know what products like you recommend for somebody that's wanting to just have healthier hair. So many girls and men reach out to me about the state of their hair and how my experience with this particular supplement and other things that I've done has changed the game. So I know that you're the expert. So I want to hear your take on that. I mean, I'm just always geared towards like moving your body. Like you are what you eat. I think like the clients I work with, they prioritize those things and they want their hair to look its best. And I think partially because of that or mostly because of what they eat and how they take care of themselves and their body in general is like number one. It's the same with skincare, right? It's like your skin is only going to look as good with makeup on as you're taking care of how you're taking care of your skin every day. So But like, I think one product that I've been really loving, especially when it comes to people who are getting like balayage or highlights or whatever, K18 has been incredible just in terms of maintaining the integrity of the hair before and after the service. It's just like solid, solid, solid. Like if you care about the integrity of your hair, when you highlight your hair, you're blasting open the cuticle. If you have nothing that's kind of reversing that lift, then that's just kind of what you're left with. Yeah. It was so funny because after the first time I saw you, you told me to get it. And I had never heard anything about it. I was a little skeptical at first, obviously not because you recommended it. I trust you with my whole heart. (laughs) Sure. I just had never heard of it. Totally. So anyway, a few months later, it just takes over social media. Now it is so out there. Yeah. Everybody's using it. And I think that goes to show how incredible of a product it is. Yeah. So would you say like weekly application? I mean, I think like, especially if you're like, let's say you're a brunette and you're like, I want to be blonde for the first time ever or something like that. Something more extreme. Or like, for instance, a client of mine that's coming in next week, she is like as dark of hair as I am, like dark, dark brown or almost black. And she kind of wants to be like sort of a warmer, sandy blonde. So I had her order K-18 and she's going to start the regimen before the service. It depends on the hair texture type, but it's, it's really, the instructions are on the back, but it's like anywhere from two to three times a week and to the service. And then the same thing after service. And it's just 
protection before the bleach gets on there. And then it's rebuilding your hair from the inside out after you use the bleach, if that makes sense. Yeah. Other than K-18, walk me through like what a week of hair care should look like for me. So what shampoo, conditioners, like literally every single product that is in your wheelhouse, your favorites, your recommendations. So I'm not a big product person, to be honest. I've used the same line my whole career, which started here in DC, actually. It's this brand called Milbon. I love it just because, I mean, it's Japanese. I feel like the Japanese know everything. And they're so, like, beauty-focused to begin with. And they take such great care of their hair. And so I've always kind of been gravitated towards that in my own, like, even the way that I want to see how hair looks, like how shiny and beautiful it can be. I think that's reflective in their products. And it's just very much, like, what does your hair need at any given point? And then there's a product that you can kind of pair it with. So, like, for instance, with Milbon, there's, like, a scalp line where if you have, like, more, you need, like, a lot of moisture in your hair, but you don't want a lot of buildup. It's, like, a clear formula. It's so, so clean. The the fragrance isn't, like, super powerful, which I don't really love anyway. Mm -hmm. It's, like, just very fresh cleaning or fresh smelling, I guess. And then, I mean, I don't think anyone should be washing their hair every day. I wash mine like once a week. It's kind of gross. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's like the, it's the natural oils, right? What's coming out of your scalp is what your hair thrives off of. Yeah, I actually think that completely changed the texture of my hair. Totally. Yeah, your hair wants that. Like it's, I mean, it's a weird word, but it's called sebum. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it like that's kind of what it's made out of. Right? Well, that's what like your blackheads on your nose usually are, right? It's like I over so. sebum. It's something. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the only other time I've heard that word. It might be even spreading rumors, but it's something that comes out of your scalp, yeah. you know, that kind of coats your hair and it just makes it feel better. And that's what is naturally produced in your body. So when you're shampooing it, like the detergents that are in shampoo are not all that different than like the detergents you put in your clothes to wash them. It's literally stripping everything away. And then what you're left with is just hair. Right. I think it's really interesting to hear your take on products for your hair because I think sometimes when you go to certain salons, they try and sell you like every single product in the book. Sure. And I think it's really cool that you think the natural state of your hair is the healthiest thing that you can do for it. You know, totally. just not washing your hair as often, using a hair mask like K18. Brushing your hair. Brushing your hair. Yeah, that's super important. Using silk. Do you have people that come in and don't brush their hair? Oh, um, honey, that's not my business. But <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I encourage it. Yeah. Like, make sure you're like just giving it some love, even if it's five minutes. Like say some affirmations in a mirror, girl, and just like brush that hair yeah. out, you know? <laughs> yeah, brush it out. Yeah. yeah. But um, like- Play a little song. Totally. Whatever it is. My mom used to use like a boar brush. She always told me this story. Whenever she was little, she would brush her hair like 60 times on each side with like a boar brush. I love it. I don't know. It sounds so calming. Yeah. At least to me. It's very Victorian of her. She's like, one? I love that. That's so cute. I know. I know. But so I know you're really into skincare too. And I geek out over it. Love, 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 love. I think the biggest compliment you ever gave me was when you were doing my makeup for DC's one week, you go, oh, you've been taking care of your skin, honey. And (laughs) 
it, I had been struggling with my skin because uh, whenever I turned 25, for some reason, my skin just absolutely changed. Totally. And I started getting adult acne. So I had just been in the dermatologist and kind of got that all sorted out. So hearing that, you, I don't even think I told you how much it meant to me, but Aww. it was really, really validating to hear that. You yeah. Know, well, hard honey, work had paid off. I don't say it unless I see it. No, and I trust you. I Because even whenever I had that really just disastrous hair issue, <laughs> I would go into stylists at their salons and they would straight up tell me, like, hey, your hair is very damaged. Totally. And now it's really refreshing because I think if you put hard work into it and take care of yourself, like good things can come from it. Yeah. But no, that was like really awesome. So what is your skincare regimen? Because you have beautiful skin. Uh, thank you. It's been a journey. I am obsessed with my nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to butcher this name. It's Biologique Recherche. Oh, it sound, sounded like you said it right. It's a really fancy girl. <laughs> no, but I love it. It's like a gentle exfoliant. Like you can only use it maybe two or three times a week. So I usually do it every other night along with like a hyaluronic acid situation that I put over it. But I literally, my skin, it's the product is called P50. And literally I wake up the next morning and my pores are like microscopic. And my skin feels like glass. And I'm obsessed with it. And like, so, and I love that, that line, uh, Biologique Recherche. I was introduced to it with old facialist of mine in um, Old Town. And she used to use all the products on me. So I use their lip mask at night, which I love. I also love SkinCeuticals, like vitamin C serum. It's mm-hmm. a little expensive yeah. and it kind of smells like bologna, but <laughs> it does. I'm like, I don't it's care easy. what it smells like because I, feels really good and I know it's working. It's a great product. Yeah. I've been also obsessed with Nikki makeup on Instagram. Like I I watch all of her makeup tutorials. It's like the only way I can get like sort of education now because I don't really assist makeup artists anymore. So just to learn about new products, she's been using a lot of like Kiehl's moisturizers, like the cream ones, which actually I love under makeup so much. I love on set, um, especially when I'm working with models, and we're going to be outside. I use like a combination of the Kiehl's with um, Super Goop's SPF 50 oil. It's like an oil sunscreen. Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with that, especially under makeup. So I use their setting spray because yeah. I think people forget that throughout the day, your SPF on your face wears off. Yeah. And that is why my face is so white <laughs> because it gets zero sun exposure. Yeah. But I spray my super goo setting spray just throughout the day. I'll put it in my purse. And I love just, that. That's another thing every day. It's like SPF, SPF, SPF. I love the sun and I get really tan in the summer. But like, I also know that like this face is the moneymaker. I gotta love it. <laughs> gotta keep it up, whatever. So that's, I use it. Like, there's a little bit of like, a, it's LTMD. It's like, SPF oh, 49. that's the best sunscreen. And it's like, they have like a tinted one that I love because it matches my skin pretty well. And I don't want to look like I have makeup on, but it just kind of like blurs it's a out. Dewy little it's like, look. Yeah. Why not? I love that. And I always, always, always prefer, I don't care how oily I am. I would rather it be that way than it look really dry, which is also like when people are asking me about makeup products and stuff, I'm like, I love powders, but like only for when you need them and where you need it, right? Because it can really cake up if you're not using it correctly. 
I usually do it around the nose, the this part of the the third eye chakra area. <laughs> I love that you're calling it that. <laughs> um, because that's where, you know, the sun hits first, especially around the nose. Anything that's like kind of coming out of your face is what usually needs the most powder. But I don't know, just little makeup tips, I guess. No, I love that. I think we need all the tips, especially <laughs> now that summer is approaching because yeah. I remember whenever I was in college, we would go to football games and we would put pounds of makeup and powder on because we were just burning in the yeah. Louisiana heat. And by the time we would get home, I would look in the mirror and all of my makeup had melted off. I love that. Oh my God. But it was some of the best times ever. And I know I've talked a lot about like fueling your body and moving your body and all of that. And I'm not perfect. On the weekends, I still Honey. sometimes treat my body like a dumpster. <laughs> We're humans at the end of the day, right? A lot yeah. of grace, a lot of self-compassion, and you you have to have fun, however that exactly. looks like at any age. Yeah. I, I think you have a really good take on just life in general, tr- like trusting your gut and doing the things that you love. What is some advice that you would give to somebody that might be struggling with that right now? I know a lot of people right now post-winter and people going through like really big life changes, especially yeah. post-COVID, they might feel like a little lost in what they're doing or just need some redirection. Do you have any words of wisdom for people that are maybe struggling with that? This might be a little corny, but just like be so, so kind to yourself. Be compassionate with all the things that are kind of like the stories that are kind of playing in your head, right? It's so important to just be so aware of the narratives that you're emotionally investing in you know, at any given point, it's important to acknowledge those things with kindness and with grace. We're all living on this like rock in the middle of this infinite universe. Nobody knows what they're doing. So it's it's like, do your best every day and wake up and be grateful. Practice your gratitude. I think that's helped me so much just to kind of get myself out of ruts of thinking that's not really serving me. Gratitude. Not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in some ways, like, you know, you have to like show up and you have to do your best and whatever. But like, if you don't have that, it's okay too. Mm -hmm. And I think the people who really love you in the most authentic way are the ones who allow you to show up however you do, right? Right. And see you for your humanity. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just take people's perceptions of us or maybe our overthinkingness of their perception of us to heart. And I'm one of those people as well where I definitely will judge myself and criticize myself after conversations with people where I walk away from it and I say to myself, oh, I kind of was a weirdo. (laughs) I maybe shouldn't have said that to them. Or even on this podcast sometimes, like things come out of my mouth and I'm like, what? whoa, what did I just say? But you just can't take yourself too seriously and you just have to have fun with it and just be yourself. And I think that's the most attractive thing that you can ever do is just be unapologetically you and make sure that you're serving your people as well. You're being a kind, decent person. But 
I absolutely like just love your outlook on life and just the woo-woo energy of it all. Mm-hmm. What are some woo-woo practices that you try and do and instill into your daily life? Honey, I have done... I know you're a big Palo Santo. Oh, yeah. So I'm really big about clearing energy, especially in my workspaces. I think Palo Santo is a great way for me, just as a routine, to like energetically get ready for work, like clearing the space and having that be a marker of when I'm starting and stopping my work day. It just, I move into a different space when I light that. Palo Santo, it's like, when I light it, I'm ready for work. When I light it, I'm done with work. Mm-hmm. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a marker in my day. But in terms of woo-woo things, like, I've tried everything. Like, I used to sit in dark circles in mediumship class in my earlier 20s. I've seen some weird, crazy things. I've done DMT. I've done mushrooms. I'm like... I'm a big advocate for <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> I, I think that uh, they are so... They're just looked at in such a judgmental manner because I think people don't really know what they are, but... Well, we have to remember that, like, a lot of, like, the the narrative around psychedelics was, like, those stories were created for us to instill fear, right? Like, they stopped that research, like, long ago in the 70s, and they made it out to be something bad. And... Like And then all research stopped from that point, and it's now just kind of resurfacing in the last couple of years. But it's just really interesting because in terms of like creative expression and having creative outlets, if that's what you feel called to do, it's ultimate access to seeing this world as not such a rigid place. Yeah. I know so many people that microdose. So honestly, my experiences with mushrooms is very limited, but... If you guys are listening and you're not in the West Coast, like, go there because everybody is doing mushrooms. Nobody drinks anymore. They just take mushrooms and they go to the bar. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But it's a really great way to connect with people. And it's really not as scary as it sounds. Like, you don't feel like you're just completely out of control. I think it's a really great way to just find some creativity. I mean, also, too, like, because— It's natural. Yeah. And my own personal experience with psychedelics, especially if we're talking about mushrooms— Like, I feel like there's this energy of sacredness and wanting to honor it. Like, I don't really do it recreationally because for me, on a spiritual level, it's really, really hard work. Like, it's really hard on my body. It's really hard on my mental. It brings a lot of things up to the surface, which I think some people would, like, describe that as, like, like a bad trip, for instance. But I've done it enough at this point that it's just a way to access sort of the parts of myself that I'm not really wanting to acknowledge or look at. And that's my own take, right? That's how I utilize it. Um, And I have used it recreationally, and sometimes that doesn't feel all that great. Mm -hmm. So it's just about, like, if you feel called to something like that, it's like being in safe environments, being around people who will take care of you if something might not go the way that you want it to. There's always a risk of that, I think. So it's important to know all of it before you try, but like, it really isn't, for me, it's not something that now that I've done it plenty of times, like, I'm just like, it is what it is. I know what it does for me and what it doesn't. And I mean, we do that with everything else in our lives, right? We don't ayahuasca. So I did, so. <laughs> I love the giggle. <laughs> I did. Um, so in 2021, I went to Costa Rica and I worked with a shaman with one of my best friends and we, it was just her and I. And we did this thing called Bufo, which is 5-MeO-DMT. It's the same DMT molecule that's in ayahuasca, 
But the difference is, is that in ayahuasca, you sip a brew of the ayahuasca root over a period of eight hours. And there's a lot of purging. And my shaman described it as like accessing the divine feminine. So you actually literally, some people see visions of mother ayahuasca and you have a conversation with her and shit like that. Bufo is, was described to me as like the divine masculine. So you actually smoke it. It comes from the Colorado River Toad. And I don't know how it's produced or whatever, but anyway. And you literally blast the fuck off. Like... Rocket ship style. No, but like, I don't... I, I really... The only way I could describe it is that I have experienced a lot in my 30 years. And I don't think that I will, until I leave this planet, do anything more insane than that. Maybe ayahuasca will be similar because we're working with the same energy, right? Ooh, it's really nuts. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of podcast episodes with guests talking about their experiences with ayahuasca. So hearing that is, I've never heard about it's, what you've done. That's interesting. I think any of the stuff, like I didn't seek out my experience. I, when I decided to go to Costa Rica, it was super last minute. And a friend of ours was there when my girlfriend and I booked the trip. And she was like, oh, the friend that we were talking to in that moment was like, oh, I went to Costa Rica by myself and I did ayahuasca when I was there. And so we were like, well, why don't we do it? And so we went down this rabbit hole of like contacting her people and they didn't have any like circles available or like with any of the shamans that she worked with. And they referred us to this other person. And he was like, oh, we don't actually do ayahuasca. We do like bufo. And so we had a WhatsApp call and a FaceTime. He kind of explained the deal and what would happen. And we were just like, okay, whatever. But I think that's like, I guess, <laughs> I'm sure people who are listening are like, He's fucking nuts. But, <laughs> no. But anyway, it, like, it didn't matter. No, you're me. so in tune with your body and just, <laughs> like, how you go about life, I think. Yeah. Do you feel like that experience helped you in that regard? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Again, it's like I don't think there's really words to describe an experience like that. But I think I will be real about it. I came back and I had the deepest, darkest depression of my life. Really? And I had to really fight my way out of it. But I think like when you're especially doing something like that, you have to recognize that you're literally dropping an atom bomb on your brain. You are literally just starting over. And so that's exactly how it felt. I came back and like on so many different levels, it was difficult to reintegrate back into reality it was hard for me to like get it together even with people like and i was seeing clients during that time and i was also fighting and battling with like sort of my own depression in that sense too so it was such difficult work and it was so like hard and the heart like it's the hardest thing i've ever probably went through oh. i would say but fighting my way out of that and like looking back on the experience, like how I've kind of, how I naturally sought out support in those moments and what I gravitated towards and like what I leaned into. Cause I feel like I really just needed to be sad. So I let myself be that mm -hmm. for however long. And then I just kicked my way back into taking hold of my mental health and getting myself into an above baseline state. 
And a lot of things changed after that, like a lot. Everything, like my business started growing. I started feeling more centered in myself. Um, I stopped worrying about a lot of things that like I probably would have before then. I really started being able to believe and have faith in like the things that like the woo-woo things like manifestation and like really being aligned to like the ways in which I'm thinking and like how I want to actually move about my life, if that makes sense, how I'm making yeah. decisions. Yeah. No, a lot of subtle things, I think. We have to have a whole another episode on psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being serious. This I is so interesting it. to me because so fun. I honestly don't know much about it. And as somebody that's literally just done mushrooms, I just it's just really intriguing and interesting. And hearing your story with it is really enlightening. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have learned something new today. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to leave you with okay. a few questions. Okay, perfect. Let's so First of all, what's your martini of choice? Ah, uh, a dirty martini. Oh, extra dirty. After my own extra heart. Extra olives. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so good. I just like thinking about it right now. I'm we like, need to oh, go get one. Okay. Okay, let's do it soon. <laughs> Where are we going to go? Lair Dente because they have oh. the best dirty martinis. I agree because it's like so cloudy and dirty and uh, yummy. They give it to me how I like it, honey. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I also love people watching there. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. It's the most well-dressed people in the I know. So and fab. I very feel like I'm in New interesting. York. Yeah. yeah, it's very New York-esque. Totally. So we'll go there. Okay. But now since like spring, summer is approaching. Yeah. Where would you like to be sipping your martini? In a bikini. <laughs> in my Speedo. Yeah, in your Speedo. Um, I love it. I mean, I have plans to go to L.A., I love, uh, I just love going out there so much. I go like a couple of times a year. I'm surprised you haven't moved out there yet. Uh, I know. I struggle with my like relationship to it. And like the boy that I'm seeing is out there. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> I'm not really seeing him. Anyway. Um. <laughs> listening, boy. Oh, oh my God. Get your shit together. No, no, no. Oh <laughs> so Luca God. can live his dream in LA. <laughs> um. But no, I'm I'm definitely going to be out in Europe this year. I just got hired for my first wedding in Italy. So okay, hopefully Congrats. I'll be on the, thank you, I'll be on the Amalfi Coast sipping my martini. That's the dream. Oh my God, I'm going to come meet up with you. Okay. <laughs> just crash the wedding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly have been setting the intention. I just want to be in and around the ocean as much as possible, wherever that is. As long as it's not like the oceans around here, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so tragic. <laughs> so one time... Somebody had asked me if I'd ever been to Ocean City, Maryland. And it was never. in like a Q&A on Instagram. And I said, no, I haven't. Should I go? And I got, that was probably the most DMs I've ever gotten. And people in my request folder, yeah. everybody was like, no, don't go. <laughs> Listen, if that's your vibe, no judgment. Yeah. You know, we all have our own things. Yeah. But- I'm going to go experience it. I'll go see for myself. Well, while you go do that, I'll be in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> doing my own thing. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Well, I love you so, so I much. You, and I just love having conversations with you. Me and too. This was so fun. We have to have you back on okay. to talk all the things. There's so Happy many things we too. didn't even get into that I, I would know. just love to have you speak on more about. But if you want to tell the people yeah. where they can find you, yeah. be your friend on social yeah. media. So on Instagram, I'm at Luca. The letter X, Ponce, P-O-N-C-E. 
I have, inspired by you and many other of my friends, I've been really on my TikTok game You've lately. You've been doing so good. Thank you. That means a lot. I was really impressed. Yeah. I, it's just part of like this whole new era that I'm in, especially kind of tied to like my certification. I'm just really trying to open up my throat chakra, speak my truth, be myself, show it to the world. And that's just where I feel like I need to be right now. And so that's at Luca Ponce Beauty. I guess my website is lucaponce.com. It's like all the same shit. I'm sure you can find me somewhere. And he has the most lovely studio. So you guys <laughs> book with him. Just get your glam and you'll thank me later. Yeah, honey. But thank you so we'll much you. for coming on. Thank and you thanks so much. guys for listening. This was so fun. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Remember <laughs> to like and rate this podcast, guys. It helps more than you know. You can just go to the Spotify app and just click on the little star. Give me a five star, hopefully. (laughs) No, I know you'll give me a five star because Luca just delivered the best interview ever. So uh, I'll talk to you guys later and I'll see you next week. Thank you guys. Thanks. Bye.